Good morning, faithful listeners. You have tuned in to the P40 Ministries podcast, the one place where you can get a daily explanatory Bible reading to start your day strong. This is your host, Jen, bringing you a brand new episode out of Matthew. Hey, friends and faithful listeners, happy Thursday. Thank you for tuning into the P40 Ministries podcast. This, of course, is your host, Jen here. Reading out of Matthew chapter 16 today, we're actually going to finish out this chapter, which is great. We are moving right through Matthew. And uh, this is really exciting for me because I'm trying to line up everything so that we can journey to the cross with Jesus, basically. So on Good Friday, I'm actually trying to get to Matthew, I think it's chapter 28, Matthew 28, which is um, Jesus's death and resurrection. So I'm trying to kind of go in sync with Jesus's journey to the cross so that we can also do the same thing. And I think that'll just be a really cool thing. So turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 through 28. I will be reading out of the W.E.B. version as I always do, but you of course can read out of whatever version you prefer. So grab your cup of tea or your cup of coffee and let's go ahead and start reading. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and be killed, and the third day be raised up. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this will not be done to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, and whoever will lose his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life? Or what will a man give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, And then he will render to everyone according to his deeds. Most certainly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will in no way taste of death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So if you remember Tuesday's episode, you now realize that Jesus believes his disciples are ready to hear about the terrible sufferings that he is about to suffer being Jesus. And it says in verse 21 here that Jesus begins to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders, and be killed, and then on the third day be raised up. He had never really mentioned this stuff to his disciples before, at least not in this depth, this amount of depth. But now his disciples finally realize that he is Jesus the Christ, or in other words, Jesus the Messiah. And so finally, his disciples realize this after years of traveling with him. So Jesus thinks that the disciples are ready to start learning about his death and resurrection. Peter, who Jesus had just complimented when we talked about this on Tuesday's episode, Jesus had just complimented Peter and was like, I'm renaming you Peter, which means the rock. And on this rock, I will build my church. So he was complimenting Peter. But now Peter takes Jesus aside quietly and is like, 
this stuff isn't going to happen to you. You're Jesus. You're the Messiah. How can this stuff happen to you? And he says, far be it from you, Lord. This will not be done to you. And Jesus snaps pretty hard at Peter. He says, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of men. And I don't know if Jesus said that in front of the disciples or not, but he could have just said this to Peter, or he could have turned around and said that to the disciples while Peter was standing behind him. So why the change? You know, one minute Jesus is complimenting Peter on Peter's faithfulness, and next he's calling him Satan. Well, Satan actually means adversary. So he was calling Peter an adversary, saying, you are a stumbling block. You are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of men. So somehow Peter was being a stumbling block to Jesus by saying these things to Jesus. And that's why Jesus responds so harshly to Peter, because Peter was focusing on man. He was not focusing on God. He was rather focusing on Jesus protecting everybody and rescuing them and doing all this stuff. He wasn't focusing on what the bigger picture was about Jesus's purpose for coming to earth in the first place. He wasn't focusing on that. And it seemed like Peter didn't really care about that because Jesus, here he is pouring his heart out to his disciples, explaining to them all these terrible things he's about to suffer. And Peter is like, no, these things aren't going to happen to you. Why would you say this? So Peter was wrong and he was being the adversary. And some people have even said that Satan was tempting Peter to say these things. Though I don't know if I believe that or not, because Satan in general just means adversary. So if Peter was being an adversary, Jesus would have called him adversary, which is what Peter really was being. Now, that is just my opinion. Yes, Satan could have been tempting Peter to say these things because Satan will always tempt the person that is the most vulnerable and the most able to do damage. And perhaps at this time it was Peter because Peter had just been complimented by Jesus so strongly that maybe Peter was the most vulnerable person there and the most able to be tempted at this time uh, to talk about these things to Jesus. Now, this is all just a speculation. You can read it for yourself and gain your own understanding about it. But this is just kind of my own viewpoint on some of this stuff. Now, moving on in verses 24 through 28, Jesus turns back to his disciples after scolding Peter. And he's like, if anyone desires to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Now, think about what Jesus is saying. Jesus knew he was about to go to the cross. And yet he was telling his disciples that they need to pick up their crosses in order to follow him. So not only was Jesus prophesying about his own future on the cross, but he was telling his disciples, you know, once again, the disciple is not above the master. If Jesus was going to go to the cross, then the disciples and the followers must also bear their own crosses. So he says, let them take up their cross and follow me. Now, this would have been a very strong statement. You know, right now in, in these days, we often think of the cross as a symbolic image. And we think of the cross being more as a religious item or holy item that shows Jesus's death, you know. But back then, the cross had no religious symbolism. When Jesus was talking about it with his disciples, it was just a torture instrument. So when Jesus says, let him deny himself and take up his cross, 
they know that he is talking just about a torture instrument, that they are going to need to take up their own crosses and potentially be persecuted because of following Jesus. So when Jesus says you must take up your cross daily, he's saying that you have to deny yourself kind of and expect a certain amount of persecution and uncomfortableness. Is that a word? I don't know. (laughs) An amount of uncomfortableness when you follow Jesus. And we know this because directly after this in verse 25, Jesus kind of talks about this um, ironic statement, which is whoever desires to save his life will lose it. And whoever will lose his life for my sake will find it. So this is more about denying yourself, taking up the cross and following Jesus. If you are trying to save your own life by denying Jesus or denying that he exists or pretending not to be a follower of Jesus when you are, your life will have been lost. So he's talking more about those people who are the tares in the wheat field. You remember that parable from a long time ago that we talked about where their tares were in the wheat field. And at the end of the times, the angels are going to go through and remove the tares from the good wheat. And the tares are going to be thrown away. And he says, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world yet loses his life? So if you could gain the entire world, you could be the ruler of the whole world, but yet you lose your life, there's no gain at all. You lost your life. You forfeited your life. Because Jesus says here, what would a man give in exchange for his life? I mean, a man would give everything in exchange for his life. What's the point of gaining the world if you're going to lose your life is what Jesus is saying to his disciples here. Because your life is the most important thing to you. Then once again, going back to that parable of the tares in the wheat, he says, the son of man will come in his glory with his angels and will render to everyone according to his deeds. This is once again talking about those tares and the wheat field. You know, the tares are the invasive weed that looks a lot like wheat, but it's useless. So Jesus will come again, he's saying, with his angels, and he will separate the tares from the wheat. And then lastly, in verse 28, I believe Jesus here is prophesying about John. He says, most certainly I tell you, there are some standing here who will in no way taste of death until they see the son of man coming in his kingdom. And that's what John saw. John was the disciple that wrote the book of Revelations. And he saw these visions of Jesus coming back and coming with his kingdom. John saw these visions, and that's what Jesus is prophesying here about in verse 28. At least that's what I believe, because the disciples did all die. We all know that. The disciples died, but John was the one who saw the Son of Man coming with his kingdom. He saw it. In fact, it says that John was swooped up into heaven to look at some of these things and write about them and prophesy to everyone, including you and me. You know, it's, it's the last book in the Bible, and we are a part of that prophecy. John was the one who got to see all of those exciting things and terrifying things before he died. And he did not taste of death until he saw the Son of Man coming with his kingdom. But that is yet to happen, so we can definitely look forward to that as Christians. 
Tomorrow we will be in the book of Genesis. So join me then at 6 a.m. to discuss more about Genesis and learn more about that. I noticed actually, there's been a, a switch in my podcast uh, listeners. I've noticed this. It's kind of funny. Before, there was a lot of listeners on my New Testament series that I was doing in Matthew, but there were very, very few listeners on my Old Testament episodes and it's funny because that switched recently and now I have a lot more Old Testament listeners than I do New Testament listeners which is just kind of funny and I'm sure it'll switch back and forth a few times especially when I start getting into the books of Numbers and Leviticus and stuff like that those are kind of um harder books. I'm kind of dreading talking about those books a little bit if I'm being 100% honest but I'm sure God will uh lead the way for me as we get into some of those harder books of the Bible in the Old Testament. The episodes in Genesis are honestly really interesting. I have been learning so much about biblical history because of the book of Genesis and just history, ancient history in general is just so much fun to learn about and to research. I love history. It was one of my best subjects in school. So this is right up my alley learning and talking about biblical history in the Old Testament. So join me then 6 a.m. But friends, thank you so much for tuning in one way or the other, whether you listen to the Old Testament episodes or the New Testament, any listenership is appreciated. So share the P40 Ministries podcast on your social media platforms and learn more about the Bible and let other people learn about the Bible as well. We are all learning together, including myself. It's just a lot of fun, I think, to learn the Bible together. And we're all faithful listeners here. So faithful listeners, have a wonderful rest of your week. Happy listening and God bless.